0: Conquer life's mountains with Mitsubishi. Powering Ian Collins wants a word. Oh, there you are! I thought you'd be longer than you said. It's difficult to stop once you've started, isn't it? Ian Collins wants a word.
1: A bit that way. Thank you. Hello, and warm summer greetings to what we've chronologically decreed to be episode 22. We may well be feeling dizzy at the mere prospect of knocking out yet another pot based beauty, but stick with us, enjoy the ride, and be prepared to bite your own knuckles off as we enter the labyrinthine experience that is Ian Collins' Once a Word! On the programme, this. If it's the end of existence, then you'll make an appearance. One tablespoonful of this. I've been
0: chatting about science for yonks and yonks and yonks, and I absolutely love it, but I have to think ever so carefully before I talk about this. And
1: we'd be beaten like a banker at a Green Party convention if we didn't lob in some of this. (laughs) Oh, we look forward to all of that. Here is everybody, the Captain Peacock of podcasting. It is Sideshow Care.
2: I I don't even understand that. Neither do I. I Ah, okay. Well, I suppose at least you didn't call me Fifty Shades of... (laughs) You read that? I'm not interested. You're
1: half-read it. Yeah, she flicked all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Good work, Kev. What have you got?
2: It's questions and feedback via social media, My like goodie.
1: Facebook and Twitter, oh yeah. and even email and possibly carrier pigeon. We've got email now. We encourage people to email us. Yeah, right? it's quite an, easy, uh, it quite an easy way to get ahead. It is. An easy way to get ahead. We encourage back to, people, back to 50 yeah. <laughs> uh, We encourage people to email us, of course, because um, it's, it's nice. <laughs> I love the email.
2: Kev at wantsaword.com if you've got stuff to say to me or Ian at wantsaword.com. If you just want to throw insults at Ian. Fantastic. Uh, from Malk. As a renowned
1: radio broadcaster, <laughs> I was wondering if Ian had ever had an alleged ding-dong with Harry Styles. No, but I did once snog Nobby Styles in a chip shop in Bournemouth.
2: Hey,
1: Very nice. From Lenny the Brute via Twitter. Lenny says, how long is this podcast
2: running for? I'm running out of memory on my me phone. Oh, it's ongoing. It's ongoing.
1: That's good. S- season three begins after the summer, so yeah.
2: Hooray, season three. The one where you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you come back in the shower. From uh, from Tina. Aside from the weather, with Wimbledon, the Olympics and so forth, is this the best year ever to be British?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic, uh, isn't it? Eh? Uh, for, for what reason? For, for what uh, jubilee-based reasons is that? Is that just generally British-based reasons. I think
2: you know, just sort of like being in the country, all of the joy, and you know, if it was sunny, I think it, <laughs> in the
1: country, all of the joy. I, I think, think sunny it's come from Hackney. <laughs>
2: I think, well, if it was sunnier, I think people would be happier generally. But as it is, you know, it's just sort of like uh, people are like, well, it's all right, despite Andy
1: Murray getting knocked out of Wimbledon. The trouble is with, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, we always get a question for some reason about the weather and. What has happened is we've had quite a lot of warmish days. We haven't had a lot of sunny days. Have you noticed that? Um, So, so like, today, for example, is a warm day, but it's not particularly sunny. Yeah. So you get on the train and stuff, and you are sweating like a pig's cobbler. But nonetheless, you're still... It's not sunny. You you couldn't put your trunks on. It's muggy. Yeah, muggy. That's it. it. Move on, Kev.
2: From Sussed Out Sid. Do... (laughs) What? Do either of you own a caravan or a camper van? Yeah, of course we do
1: yes and we drive around the country together solving yeah. mysteries what's that supposed to mean yeah like the hairy bikers we just travel around in a but not on bikes obviously in no. a caravan that's what we do quite like that idea though what's the one of those massive winnebago numbers oh
2: yeah no that would be all right those
1: huge things the winnebago concepts and engineering departments have developed a multifunctional bathroom privacy i don't even know what the f- <laughs> i'm reading I'll
2: invest in it and get the uh, the logo on the side you with the glasses Drive along, little speaker playing the podcast out.
1: Yeah, pureing the throwing stones. (laughs) Look at that pair of. (whistles) 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 There they go, in the (whistles) mobile. I'm glad the profanitator's working again after last week. Indeed.
2: Speaking of which, from Bruce Monster Munch. Bruce says, New to the podcast, what exactly is a profanitator? I've heard it mentioned a couple of times. Also from Mike Brewer. Mike says, I noticed in the last episode there was an awful lot of swearing. Uh, normally I wouldn't approve of so much salty talk But in the spirit of the show Please can you swear at me So I can feel what it's like to be profanitated Goff F- But what is the profanitator, Ian Collins?
1: The profanitator is a fascinating piece of science Much like the Haldron Collider And in fact we're we'll going to be talking about something on this point a little later
2: Well it's all worrying I mean it, it's... The end of existence, isn't
1: it? Or is it the beginning?
2: It's still very... I have questions about it, I have
1: to say. Well, the Profanitator plays its part within that scientific uh, equation. I swear it does. It was actually designed by Windsor Davis just before he died.
2: Still alive, of course. (laughs) (laughs) What do you
1: think you're doing, lovely boys?
2: He may well die one day, but at the moment I think
1: he's still kicking. Yeah, thank you, Windsor, for (laughs) the software.
2: Yeah, he's got an antique shop with Donald Sindon, He's doing all right. (laughs) Uh, from George Osborne. <laughs> not that one. No, not that one. Okay. Uh, can you do more conspiracy stuff, please? And is there a conspiracy that you actually believe in? You always seem quite sceptical on these things, Collins. Well,
1: not really. Um, because they all... If you if you try to make... We had Andrew Maxwell on the other day, and he was the comedian, although he's doing some stuff on BBC Three, where he, he, he takes a bunch of conspiracy theorists through why they believe X, Y, and Z, and you can always boil them back down to essentially a lot of old shit. Mm. They they genuinely really cannot be substantiated in any shape or form. Some of them are a little more seductive than others and they make for sort of good murder mystery stuff but only in the same way as the Paul McCartney died uh, saga does. If you look at the Abbey Road cover, there are clues there. If you look at the Sgt Pepper's cover, there are clues there. And it's all hogwash but it's quite seductive to listen to. It's quite quite an interesting story. I did an interview once where a Beatles expert came in and talked us through as if it were actually true. And Um. as he went through through every facet of the story, it, you began to believe it. You thought, well, this is incredible.
2: But it is interesting that Paul McCartney is dead rumours, which were unfounded. It's a bit like the recent Windsor Davis is dead rumour, which we started on this very podcast about yes. three minutes ago. Lovely boy. Uh, finally, from Nile in Belfast, are you coming over to Belfast soon? I promised you a drink in Jill's Galley, remember?
1: Uh, yes, I... have <laughs> It's too easy, isn't it? Really, Jill's Galley. I've never been to Jill's Galley, uh, but apparently it's a lovely watering hole, and it's
0: (laughs) (laughs) just gets worse.
1: But apparently it it is worth a a trip. Yeah, Yeah, yes. Uh, And I don't know whether it's in Belfast or whether it's just on the outskirts. But Niall keeps emailing and saying, you know, you must come over. I was, I got asked to go over to do. Uh, the Sunday morning live program, which is one of those debate programs on BBC One, where you usually sit there with Peter Tatchell and a vicar and <laughs> sort of argue the morality of the day. But um, uh, due to other commitments, I, I couldn't do it. Your busy show is life. Not wrong. Radio, podcast, TV. If you've got any questions, got a book coming out as well. Yeah, <laughs>
2: and an action figure.
1: Any questions? Uh, very simply, Ian at onceaword dot com, at onceaword dot com, or on Twitter at IanCollinsUK. Or at Sideshow Undercurrent Kev. (laughs) What is it? At Sideshow Underscore Kev. But there is an undercurrent
2: there, you're quite right.
1: Not wrong. Should we do this? That's better. You see, that scream means only one thing, everybody. It's random acts of irrational annoyance. We love this bit, because it's the moment you can let off a bit of steam about the tiny things in life that are absolutely irrelevant. But nonetheless, they irk you, rile you, and drive you up the wall. They are random acts of irrational annoyance. They don't matter, but man, do they matter. Kev, you go for it first, Kev, because I'm still boiling here. I'm boiling too. Yeah. I'm bloody angry. Come on. Onion rings. <laughs> They're annoying.
2: Onion? Well, no, most onion rings are absolutely fine if you get a well-battered one, well-cooked and whatever else. What does annoy me, though, is when you get those slightly subpar onion rings where you eat the batter and the onion remains. Because the onion is either undercooked or overcooked and is too rubbery to actually come away with the batter when you bite into it. So you end up with a bit of manky old onion ring... And you've enjoyed the batter, but you don't, so
1: you just, you know, throw it on the floor or something. Well, you do what my sister did, and that's eat a plate of battered squid, thinking they were onion rings and had no idea. Which for a person who doesn't eat fish is quite something, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and another thing. Email, Twitter, Facebook, the internet, it generally exposes a lot of people. We were talking about your and your last week, right? And the whole sort of, you mm. know, people getting your and your wrong yeah, yeah. in it. There's one I can't figure out, though. Angel. When people don't write angel, they write angle. I don't get
1: that. Yes, even even on the keyboard. It's not on the keyboard. It's not next to it on the keyboard.
2: No, it's just people think it's it's angle. It's written angle, and that means angel, because they get the L and the E the wrong way around. Yeah. And it, it just it looks wrong. I mean, I don't see how you can make that mistake. It just makes you want to bomb stuff. It certainly does. Although, for uh, the reasons of national security, we have no intention of bombing anything. No.
1: Although we are broadcasting this show from the roof of some middle-class flats in East London.
2: Yes. With a map of Robin Hood Airport. <laughs>
1: Here's three. Two very quickly. One, couples sharing headphones. Saw that above. Get your own. That is a bit strange. It is a bit strange. It can't be a particularly enjoyable experience, particularly since the headphones aren't usually that long. So that Especially don't... if you're listening to a
2: Beatles record where it's yep. all like proper split stereo.
1: Yes. Here's another one. People talk about their baby's age in months. He's twenty seven months. Yeah. Right, isn't that two and a bit? Caught him two and a bit. You wouldn't say he's sixty months, would you? When he gets to five,
2: this is very true. And, and what age, as a kid, do you stop being a half age? Like you stop being, you're like seven and a half or eight and a half. There's a point where you're just like nine. No, I'm or still ten. using the half. Oh, yeah? I love it. Hey, you need a
1: URA. This is a stunner. So, I want to buy a TV. So, I go into uh, to two places to buy a TV. I go into Samsung. There's a Samsung store, which I didn't know existed. So oh, I really? Went to the Westfield Shopping Centre near the new Olympic site okay. in uh, the beautiful, gorgeous East London. And then I go to the Westfield thing, uh, and into the Samsung store. And the guy at Samsung is great and he demos the TV, shows you everything the 3D, the Wi Fi. But essentially, it's just a laptop on a screen, isn't it? Now, because what they've done is just made TVs with Wi Fi capability. And once they've done that, it just everything your phone does mm-hmm. but on a massive screen good work so and then we go into john lewis's and have a look in there and there's a panasonic in there and i'm thinking that looks a bit tasty the panasonic so a fella comes over he's going to help you he says, yes we'd like a demonstration of a panasonic because of course once upon a time people would buy a tv just buy on what the cabinet looked like they probably didn't ask for it to be turned on because there was <laughs> nothing to be seen other than you know contrast Brightness and volume channels, was, channels one to four. That was it.
2: In fact, it would be channel. It would be like uh BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, and ITV Two.
1: Yes, I say that. ITV Two,
2: yeah, before Channel Four launched.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So here we go. This fella starts to uh, tell us about the the Panasonic. Why he thinks Panasonic is is better than the Samsung and. But he, he's already pointed out that he's not actually a salesman. He's he works in after sales. He said so because I work in after sales. I know all the faults, the pitfalls, and the sort of things people complain about. Okay. Then he says, "Do you mind just for a second if I just go and serve this other customer?" So off he goes to serve another customer. He then comes back and says, "But don't worry, here's Joe. He's going to look after you." So Joe comes along and says, looking about as disinterested as you like. Remember, this is John Lewis's. So it's a well-known brand, and usually you go there because you don't want to go to the standard electrical stores because you think the John Lewis brigade might just profit. You a bit more of a specialist service.
2: Yeah, this, this, it's all about the service there.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you think, a you know, lot like in the way that you, you might go to richer sounds as distinct from Comet you would sort of look at John Lewis's as being perhaps in, in service terms it might it might just be a notch above the rest, but oh how wrong you could be, so matey comes along and he says well I'll just try and get this working with the remote control so I don't, I don't just want to see the TV, I can see the TV, what I want to see is the interface mm-hmm. I want to see what it actually looks like when it's turned on I want to see how you go from you know social networking to TV to YouTube to the iPlayer and all of those things, but mm-hmm. on a TV I want to know how that works, is it user friendly is it easy to use, is the one default menu button that you just press and it springs up i need to be shown this before i part with substantial wedge for a tv Completely. so this fella gets his remote controls out he says "Yeah, it's, i'm trying to get it working he says there doesn't seem to be any wi-fi in here i don't know why that is so he, he puts a code in and still has no like says, i think i've got the ro- wrong remote control off he goes comes up with another one this goes on four times so i said we're gonna go and get a bite to eat why don't you sort it out while we're away and then we can come back and he went good idea very reasonable so off he went better tuck around the corner came back He's nowhere to be seen. Can't find this fella for love and money. But don't worry, we found another. We had to find. Another fella in the after-sales department, he came out and said, Hello. He said, I'm not the person you want, but I know a man who is. So along comes assistant number four, who again looks as if his dog's just died. Assistant number four picks up the remote control, realises there's still no Wi-Fi, which means the man before lunch was telling us lies, because he didn't get it fixed during the hour we were away. Uh-huh. This fella attempts to put a code in it and tries to get it all work. He says, I think that should be it. I think that should be it. And this was the piece de resistance. Fiddled around for about ten minutes and just went, nah, sorry. And I said, <laughs> sorry? What do you mean? He said, nah, sorry, can't can't get it working. And I said, is, is that the end of the conversation? He went, yeah, can't can't get it working. Wow. <laughs> what you mean that it that's it? I want to buy a telly, and uh, now I can't buy a telly. Well, yeah, it's not working. Unbelievable. I did point out, without swearing by the way, I did point out that his sales technique was rubbish, which I don't think I was misplaced to do so. He looked at me as if I was dirt and he was jiff. And (sighs) off he disappeared and scuttled away. I was left feeling uncomfortable. Mm. And so as I sit here today, trying to buy a Panasonic TV in John Lewis's with absolutely zero luck. Incredible. So he wasn't, it wasn't even that he was particularly rude, he was just fucking hopeless.
2: I mean, it's, it's that whole thing, isn't it? And we, we've spoken a little bit about manners and customer service and all that kind of thing. And as you say, a store like that you do actually expect, because they hold themselves up as having almost, I guess almost old-fashioned customer service, like it used to be. The kind of stuff where you get a little bit of personal care. Yeah. And obviously when it doesn't happen, uh, you know, you can rant about it on your podcast. Although, if you want to listen to that podcast on your Panasonic TV, you're out of luck. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's do some more. Here's one from Ella Kenyon. Uh, Ella says, uh, eating noisily in the theatre, drives me up the wall. Why do they need to scoff anyway? At least shut your fat traps. <laughs> uh, Ella's, I should point out, Ella's an actress as well. She's uh, usually the other person in the Catherine Tate show. Sketches. Okay. Yeah, who loves listening to us. So. Uh, and she's, so she'd have, been in, she'd have been on the stage, I'm guessing, when folk had been munching on the grub. Which is a bit crap, isn't it, when you're in a theatre?
2: Have you ever been to the theatre when the cast have actually stopped to tell somebody off? I was at a show years ago, and, heard of this, and yeah. somebody did say something like, I think someone was on their phone, and you heard people going, "shh," and someone's like, oh, and then they're talking really quietly. And the actor actually turned and said, excuse me, we're trying to do a show. Which got, like, the biggest applause Big of the a round of
1: applause, yeah. yes. Yeah, you see people with their laptops and all manner of things going on. That, just, don't do that. Do you need a laptop at the theatre? Don't go you? to the theatre! Yeah. This comes from Adam, who says, That sheet of paper you get under the lid of a new tub of butter. What's wrong with just the lid? Why?
2: And at what point do you yeah, dispense right. with it? Yeah, well, what point do you get rid of it? Do you yeah,
1: just- sometimes you leave it in there for a few sessions. Yeah. Just because it's, like, it's new and you can peel it back. Patrick says, Why is it that butchers always give you over the weight when you ask for it? How many people go to a butcher's these days? It was always a process as a kid, when your mum went to that counter and bought a bit of ham, a bit of bacon, you know. Just under, yeah, that's fine. It was always that same, just over. He's right, though. He's usually over, not under. Well, true story. I, I had an uncle who was a butcher for really? a long time, so I used to sort of see how he,
2: he did things and whatever else. And again, this is true. He stopped being a butcher because of the supermarkets, and he became a baker. Is that right? Yeah. Unfortunately, we just uh. making candles, so...
1: Dean says, My random act of irrational annoyance are banks being bailed out all over the place, then seeing their logos plastered all over Formula One. I've wondered about that. We're always told that they've got no money. Mm. The giddy kind of money involved in sponsoring Formula One, it's absolutely huge. Yeah. How do they do this?
2: I guess at least the Barclays have just got theirs on the side of some Boris bikes. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's
1: true, isn't it? Yeah, That, that kind of says There's a million really. and one jokes there. Uh, Gaz says, Women who smoke at the wheel and hold the cigarette with two fingers of the right hand. Ultimate Chavness. Chip Butty, says my... no, He's no, no. back again. My £3.50 a week window cleaner wants an extra pound to do the tiny square of glass above my front door.
2: £3.50 a week?
1: That's very cheap That's very will. cheap. That's ridiculous. You live in a cube? <laughs> I'm going to have words of mine, I'll tell you that much. £3.50. Uh, Ray Murray says, Announcements that begin with ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen don't exist anymore. point. Fair point. <laughs> Robert says In the car Lights go green Folk in front Don't move They then move As the lights go red They go off you stay where you are. <laughs> yeah, I've had that. Yeah, that's true. Very, very annoying. Oh, in fairness, you usually are that car, and you're just trying to piss off the people behind you. That's very true. Uh, if you have any random acts of irrational annoyance, very simply, you just send them through to us at uh, IanCollinsUK on Twitter, Ian at OnceAWord kev at KevinOnceAWord I think that's it, Kev. I think that's it. Well, it's not the end of this pod. We're going to discover if God's back soon.
2: It's a worry. Yeah. Well, it's not a worry. <laughs> I suppose it is. Yeah. God's a be random frank.
1: act of annoyance. God. I mean, show yourself, man, or don't. You well, know, stop he- tinkering around with hydron colliders. He, he might be, if it's, the, if it's the end of existence, as yeah. I suspect, then, you know, he'll make an appearance. We'll find out. Science bot coming on in a bit. Can't wait. Great.
0: The Mitsubishi ASX comes with active stability and traction control, on-demand four-wheel drive, hill start assist, and Mitsubishi's legendary reliability. For more information, search for Mitsubishi cars. Sideshow Curves. Showbiz shoebox.
1: And ah, here we go, everyone! It's the moment you want to cut your own <laughs> off. His sideshow, oh, well. Kev, and his alleged feature of entertainment. No, it's
2: not alleged; it is a feature. I mean, you could <laughs> yeah, allege that's
1: it. it's a feature.
2: You could allege, you know, the his entertainment. His feature of
1: alleged entertainment. Oh,
2: there, there you go. Pedant. right? Fine. It's sideshow, Kev Showbiz Shoebox, our weekly look at the box of Showbiz Fluff we find under the bed. Now, this week, insurance. Nothing Showbiz about insurance, you might think, but let no. me tell you. Insurance generally is big business. Holiday, car, home insurance, yeah. we've all got it, they're all vital, unless you're some sort of idiot, let's be honest. And celebrities, they've got lots of money, and they like to insure things that you wouldn't normally think of insuring yourself, being a normal person. So with that in mind, it's time to play Musical insurance arama. Andre, give me some Musical insurance rama music, please, you highly valuable fool! Very simple, Ian Collins. Yeah. I'll give you a celebrity name. Okay. You just have to tell me what they apparently slash reportedly insured. Mmm. Number one, uber-tongue bombastic bassist and rock circus clown Gene Simmons from Kiss. That's the rock band, though, not the radio station. What did he reportedly insure? Gene Simmons doing drive time. <laughs> I like that idea. It would certainly be interesting. But what did he reportedly ensure? A. His c***** B. The sky directly above his house as it gave him a direct line to aliens that control the
1: planet or C. His ridiculously long tongue. You see, being metal-based, I mean, it could be the first one because, you know, those metal boys, they, I mean, go figure, but they can, you know... Mm-hmm. that they can deal out the rations when they want to. I mean, they, you know, they, their CV is there for all to see. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've spoken to a couple of roadies who've worked on those kind of tours with some of those big bands, and, you know, there is a pecking order that obviously starts with lead singer, bass guitarist, drummer, xylophone player, I and mean, <laughs> at some point gets to the roadies, you know, and they will people will queue. People will queue for that kind of caper for a little bit of um, metal length. However, I think it's C. You think it's C, his it's, tongue? Of course, it's got to be his tongue, is not it? Ian Collins scores
2: one insurance point. Thank you very much. I think you might get a no claims bonus at the end of this if you're lucky. Yeah. Number two, my my my. my, my, my. Delilah, it's trombone tonsil Taff Tom Jones. What did he reportedly insure? A his <coughs> B his <laughs> thick mat of waxy chest hair, or C his new pussy cat?
1: I'm I think you'd probably have to go for. His chest hair. His hair? Well, he's not a cat man, is he? He's a bloke that would have massive dogs.
2: But he does have chest hair. There's
1: two things in life you know Tom Jones has got. One is a massive dog and the other is a massive... Oh. Right. And between those two, never the twain shall meet. Back
2: to Donald and Windsor Davis again. What do you think you're doing, lovely boys? Chest hair. Ian Cullen scores another point.
1: Get in there, Lucy. No,
2: get out of there, Lucy. Number three... Perfectly preserved and permanently pickled popular pop tune performer... Sir Keith Richards! Hey. What did he reportedly insure? Is yes, he a sir? He is now. <laughs> a! Arise, Sir Keith. I can't. What did he reportedly ensure? A. His... <coughs> B. His extensive collection of original Star Wars figures... Including a still-sealed walrus man. Or C. His middle finger.
1: Oh. Uh, well, this will be one of those stories that was put out there by a PR company in order to um, probably flog a new album of some sort. The temptation on this one is to genuinely go for A. However, I think it's C. You're saying C? C. You're saying C? Finger bound.
2: It wasn't just his finger, it was his whole hand. But some people reported it was his finger, and his people apparently said none of that's true. And then some other people said it was true. So who knows? Hope I've cleared that up. Number four, not DLT, but DLR. But not that DLR. It's David Lee Roth! Hey! What did this Van Halen frontman reportedly ensure? A. His... (laughs) B. His faith in the enduring popularity of Limp Bizkit, Kid Rock, and other 90s schisms. Or C. His near-mint copy of I Bet You Won't Read This, Confessions of a Late Night Talk Show Host. Written by Ian Collins, but mysteriously signed by Nick Abbott.
1: What? Uh, Lee Roth was, did go... Penal bound with his insurance. I seem to remember this. Really? Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. It's the correct
2: answer, sort of.
1: Thank you.
2: Uh, He apparently decided to put a premium on his sperm, uh, which was apparently a forward thinking move, Mm. guarding against possible paternity suits.
1: See? That's before he joined Dollar.
2: As a side note, by the way, if you want to buy a copy of Ian's book from last century, you can get it in the Amazon Marketplace for £52.81. Good work. And finally, number five, shrieking vocal pyrotechnician and puppy owner, Mariah Carey. What did she reportedly ensure? A, her... B, her... Or C, her... Wag Oops. <laughs>
1: I think she did uh, definitely ensure her... Wah, wah, the actual answer is D, her legs, reportedly for $1 billion. Okay, we will let you off on that.
2: Uh, that's the showbiz shoebox for this week. If you've got any you want to throw my way, then please don't. But you can email me, kev at once or follow me on Twitter, at sideshow underscore kev.
1: Good work, I, can't, I might start following you myself this week. Oh, please don't, I'll block you.
0: Voicemail roulette.
1: Please leave a message. Here we go, voicemail roulette 07789 18 62. You ring that to so either moan or rant or have a whinge or respond to something we put out there on social networks, whatever you want to use it for. Uh, we will give to the very best caller £53. £53! Pounds.
2: 53 pounds.
1: It's not bad, is it? It's good cool. for just making a quick call. It is a normal mobile, by the way. It's not some 0898 shady premium rate number. It's just our mobile, all right? Nothing more.
2: And it's also worth saying it's available 24 hours a day. So whenever you have an idea or something you want to say, call that number and leave a message. Even if you've been to the pub all night and you just want to call up <laughs> and you just want to tell you exactly what you yeah. think, which, believe me, I do in his personal voicemail all the time, do so.
1: And I take it to bed with me as well, so I will never miss a call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we asked on Twitter, by the way, three words to describe Bob Diamond. Anything on that, Kev? Yeah, hang on. I'm throwing my
2: Barclays savings book at it now!
0: Three words to describe Bob Diamond Jubilee. shaking, diabolical liberty. That oh, wasn't
1: bad. There were many we couldn't use, it has to be said.
0: Very much so.
2: Maybe a podcast, but lawyers are still listening.
1: Correct. Uh, here's another one.
0: Ian, uh, I've come to the conclusion that all bankers are evil and I guess that explains why my grandma used to keep all of her money under the bed in a suitcase.
1: Ooh, money under mm. the bed. It's true,
2: though. You do wonder if, if the elderly sort of cottoned onto things because all of these stories about yeah. people finding thousands of pounds stuffed in bin bags under Granny's bed when she died and whatever
1: else, Maybe they were right all along. They didn't trust the banks to hold on to their money. That's true, but would you be able to have that amount of money without spending it, that's a thing, isn't it? Because having having the money in cash... enough. Yeah. There's a good reason for a bank. Having the money in cash is a bit like having a credit card. Because you just think to yourself, well, I've so I've got five hundred pounds saved up, but so it won't matter if I just take ten pounds. And then, of course, the ten is rounded off to fifty, which is then rounded off to one hundred. Yeah. And before you know it, you're down to two fifty because you've mentally neatened it off. That's how pe- so you're taking money off in the same way as on a credit card, you put money on. So I think the same. Unless you happen to be someone like yourself, Kev, who you know would probably leave it there gathering dust, then you'd be fine. You've got yours in a turret, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's another. Yes, can I
2: order a large um, pepperoni um, lover's pizza thin crust, thin crust. Not that thick crust like you sent me last time. You know, you guys you never
0: get it right. Why is it always thick crust? I asked you for thin crust. I, oh shit, what number is this? Um uh, Oh my god, this is cut it. Ah! <laughs>
1: no no no, you were you were right, you were right. Kev, write it down. Yeah. Thin crust. Yep, yeah, thin crust. Pepperoni. Extra olives. Yeah? Okay. Silly old goat. Here's another...
0: How did that come Well oh, I Not really like that. So. Look at the Splink
1: detail. Thank you for
0: that. There
2: were complaints, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on the last podcast, zero Splinkage. And there are people who love Splink yeah. and love Pertwee. I like to call them splurtoonies.
1: O oh, eight, 18 32 62. Remember, we do genuinely, if you yeah, throw us the best call on the voicemail, whether it's a briefing, whether it's a nice little rant, whether it's topical, personal, it doesn't really matter. Anything you like. Oh, 07789 18 32 62. This week, it goes up to £54. £54! 54 pounds. Pounds. Oh, 0789183262. 18
0: 32
1: 62.
2: Blank. Ian Collins
0: wants a word. 27 tunnel underground, designed with mind to send protons around. A circle that crosses through Switzerland and France. Sixty nations contribute to scientific advance. Two beams of protons swing round through the ring. They ride till in the hearts of the detectors they made to collide, and all that energy packed. And such a tiny bit of room becomes mass. Particles created from the vacuum, and then. Oh yeah. Two Atlas looks at collisions of lead Atlas two of a kind. The
1: the the lead, and the that the head. We did promise. We did say we would get to the bottom of this. Uh, there's only one man, I think, who can help us perhaps navigate our way through what essentially I I think is the discovery of God, and, and that's I, how I'm looking at it. Yeah, and I think
2: yes. it may well be the end of existence as we know you it. You think
1: so? Mark Foxmith is Hello. a science broadcaster. How are you, Mark?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Very well. It's a very big day for science. Uh, it was a very, very week for science last week. Um, lots of new discoveries and huge amounts of possibilities.
1: Yes. Now I know your your, your area of expertise is, is kind of broad, but and, and so mm-hmm. when, when when something a story like this comes up, it must catch your eye, and you must think, well, you know, this, this verifies, if nothing else, the profession of science. I mean, you know, because some people do take the piss a bit, don't
0: they, scientists? <laughs> Oh, oh uh, 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 ab- absolutely. Um, tell only when you I get a story like
1: this, you know, we begin to take you guys seriously.
0: <laughs> well, it is, it is the destruction of the entire Earth, and, and everything's going to be allegedly resolved, and everything will be fine once we discover it. Of course, that's not true, but um, <laughs> it is a particularly big experiment. You've got to admit, it's eight miles across.
1: Yes. So so, what? explain, in layman's terms, if you would, what, what that, that, that sort of experiment is, then, what, as far as you can see.
0: Okay. Right. A hundred years ago, we discovered the electron goes around atoms. Remember that from from school days? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My
1: favourite years Now, when
0: when, when the electron was discovered, everybody said, oh, that's very interesting, we'll just add that to the scientific knowledge along with all the other facts we've discovered. They had never any idea that this thing called electronics would be invented (laughs) and we'd all be talking on mobile phones and computers and have the internet. That's all down to the electron. Now, we discovered the electron, then we realised that uh, atoms had nucleuses, then, later on, we discovered that the nucleuses had protons and neutrons. The next step was looking at those protons and neutrons and finding that the fact the protons and neutrons were made of things called quarks, leptons, force carriers, and all these other subatomic particles. But what they can't understand is why they have mass, stuff, substance. And along came Higgs-Boson, um, and they, disca- they discovered that, well, they theorized That it couldn't possibly move at the speed of light, because if something moves at the speed of light, and Doctor Who will be able to tell you this, it will have no mass. So therefore it has to slow down.
1: So what does the TARDIS do then?
0: Um, Does that...
1: Because Kev's a Doctor Who man. Yeah. I I,
0: I love Doctor Who as well. Does it
1: travel Um, at the speed of light? It can't do that.
2: No, it's a time
0: vortex. What? Keep up.
1: Sorry. Do, yeah, do, do continue, sure. Mark.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, we need to slow these particles down in order for them to have a mass. They can't travel at the speed of light. So what they proposed was that there's a field, and this strange field goes across the whole of the universe, and this is called the Higgs-Boson field, okay? Mm-hmm. Higgs-Boson field! Yep, Higgs-Boson field. Now, if you imagine, um, let's say, you're running along the uh, happily, and um, you're running along with a much larger person and a much smaller person, and suddenly you come to the sea. Okay, who's going to go the fastest as you run through the sea?
1: The smaller person
0: is the right answer. And the larger person will be the slowest and you'll be the middle. So what this Higgs boson part, this this field does, okay, is it slows the particles down, Uh whether it's magnetic, electronic, uh, dark matter. We don't know. This is things that we're finding out. So it's slowing
1: something down that it's not even sure of what, what the entity is.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. We don't know what is slowing down. This is wow. the thing. The, the Higgs-Boson particle is slowing it down, or there is a Higgs per, part, Higgs-Boson Higgs field, and it's slowing these particles down to, 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 so in order for them to have mass. Now, the really slow ones, um, we're, we're expecting to be quite large. The really sm- fast ones, hmm. much smaller. And some of them, like light particles, are completely not interfered with at all. Now, that's as, if I could say, as simple as I can get it, yeah. I'm, I have to think very carefully. Um, I've been chatting about science for yonks and yonks and yonks, and I absolutely love it, and I'm addicted to it, but I have to think ever so carefully before I talk about this, because it is a tricky substance. If Because you, you can't see particles, you see. They're just too small. Well, so, particles.
1: is this... Are is, is scientists... Because there is always the ethical arguments about science, and, mm-hmm. and, and playing God, and science versus religion, etc. Mm-hmm. And that takes us into all other territory which we could talk about all night. But... It, 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 with this, it, it's kind of as near as it gets to the sort of, if you like, the, the, the theologian's argument that you, scientists are playing God to a degree.
0: Mm. Well, I don't know about playing God. Uh, what we're do- doing is we're looking for the actual building blocks. I think this is where the, the theological arguments come across. Um, yeah, we're looking for the actual Lego bricks that make up uh, an atom of... Um, of hydrogen or sure. salt or, or whatever it might be because salt would be two it'd be sodium and chlorine um so we're looking for the actual lego blocks of life and we thought that it was just an element uh, 100 years ago then we realized it had an electron around it then protons and neutrons and we're looking closer and closer to the most ridiculously small things as in quarks and uh, how this feels. and um this is why they. This is why a lot of people would think they're playing cards It's either that, or the other one would be um, that this that there was a theory going around because nobody understand, or not very many people fully understand the um, collider. They were worried that it was going to blow the whole Earth up or destroy the entire universe. Like mm. I know, I, I know I thought that. I still think that. I had six formers in tears.
1: They were really it, worried because yeah, they. It,
0: it, it. it was in um, it was in September and a term had started, and so all the keeners were yeah. there, sort of chatting about this, and the other, and, and nobody really quite knew about it. So, I had all sorts of sick more uh, all sorts of students, um, more of the Keener ones, as you can imagine. Um, so so to me, there was
1: some bad PR there, wasn't there, from the <laughs> Collider people?
0: It, it might kill us all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that they would have. I don't know that they would have said that uh, necessarily. <laughs> they probably would have said everything's going to, going to change now. But yeah. in ways, we, we, which is true, it will. But in ways, in, in ways, we, we, we don't know. Uh, I think most of the people or are, are, are most of the public who don't like this kind sort of thing will be um, worried about how much money it costs because yeah. it is bazillions upon bazillions of dollars or euros or pounds or whatever you want to measure it.
1: Well, David Cameron said last week that the coalition had, had kept up the science budget. I'm not sure if he's right about that entirely.
0: But uh... yeah, that's, that, well, that's no politics. I, I, I don't know about as well. All I can tell you is that um, and, uh, that, that in schools sometimes it's getting quite tricky
1: um, mm, with quite uh, And
0: I have a book piece uh, note. We've only got 29, or um, we have 31 kids in the class, and there's only 30 chairs. So,
1: yeah, but there's always a couple of men. there's always a couple of thick ones at the back, aren't there? So, yeah.
0: <laughs> they can share and stuff. Well, that happens as
1: well. But we, but we we wouldn't see. I'm sure they'll spend it. To
0: students.
1: Here's a question then, on the back of of everything. Does any of yeah. this have, to, to your knowledge, Mark, any significance for time travel?
0: In our lifetimes, no. Oh, no! Aww. I, I know, I know. I, come I, I on, that's really, what we got you on here for. No, no. But for... I, I thought really carefully about how I could say yes to that answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's okay. It's
2: okay because you our children and grandchildren can come back from the future and give us a time machine. So it's all fine.
0: That's yeah, they can. We come out with the latest computer games. It'd be great. Oh, I see. And, and and latest Doctor Who episodes. Oh well.
2: <laughs> uh, no, 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 no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, one day I was, um, am I allowed to say this, I was an extra from Doctor Who once. Really? Really? I like it that much, I just kept phoning them up and saying, go on, go on, and then I want to be a Cyberman. But they wouldn't let me be a Cyberman because you have to be from the army. Is that right? Tall. Cyberman has to be Yeah, work. yeah, you, well, because you're tall and you can march, mm-hmm. you see. Anyway, uh, back to the Hadlon uh, yes. uh, Collider. It cost bazillions and bazillions of pounds, that's true. But you know what? So did uh, discovering the electron or whatever the equipment was 100 years ago. Okay. And we've used that, and then that discovery to do so many more things, ways of using electronics to produce food, to feed starving people, to, to, to do research, to, to find... Um, We've used it as electronics to discover new medicines, to discover new uh, biological facts, and keep us all healthy. And, and we're generally, as a species, moving forward. So it is a terrifying, a large amount of money. Yet, yeah, but it is a terrifyingly large experiment. Sure. And. It will always, and it will change. It's the only way we can discover it,
1: and it will change future science. History. And just, just a point on this, Mark, because uh, we are short of time, but when they slow, they eventually slow something down, then they have yeah. a, a physical manifestation of what it is. What if yeah. they're little, little beasts with faces and stuff?
0: <laughs> like, just just oh, all yeah, flying, it, like um, on a, a
1: kind of metaphoric treadmill, making the whole thing move.
0: Okay, the things that are slowing down are the, are, the, are the particles smaller than neutrons and protons, okay, and the thing that will appear is the Higgs boson particle. It will appear for that moment, because one of the experiments is called the Large Hadron Collider Beauty. And the beauty one, I don't know who's working on the beauty experiment, is um, when they're looking at a particle illuminate with different colors. So it is going to, we're hopefully going to get a, an illuminating particle, but not one with a face on. Uh, can I just say, this? we're running out of time, One of the things that I feel most positive about this science experiment is it's described as a global effort and a global success. Loads of countries joined in on this. Yeah. N- nobody's ever, not even with NASA and things, no, no, nobody, never has there been a scientific experiment involving so many different countries from across the world and it is everyone putting their heads together and really coming out with something that is a significant push in scientific value and it's a global effort and it's been described and I think rightly a global success. And just um, in a yeah. couple
1: of very short words Mark, what happens once these have been discovered, bona fide evidence, there we are, we know exactly what they are and they are very minuscule, minuscule, minuscule particles and this is what's making everything happen so what? Where do we go from there? What do we do with that information?
0: Okay, well now we can start making new materials or finding out reasons for new materials or why materials might behave in a different way. Then we can have a new load of machinery and electronics and and, and things with, with with properties. Or we can we, so we can either do that, use it, apply it. On a, on a physical level materials for example or we can continue the research and look for dark matter which is one of the offshoots of, of the research that will come okay. or or the, the or time travel for example further yeah. down the road yeah we, we like time travel
1: fantastic listen time um, good. great to have you on with us mark and we will speak Thank again you. very soon that everybody is science broadcaster mark foxsmith with We're us ready.
2: credit stream
1: and there you go. And in the words of Boutros Boutros ghali thank you for listening to our podcast. Don't forget that all previous episodes are still available for free to download now at iTunes and make sure, while you're there, you pop us a nice five-star review. Thanks to you for downloading. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter and so can we, at IanCollinsUK. UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is Andre Porch, programme edited by Manny Kendall, our researcher this week was Rod Hull, and today's chunky fact tells us that the average Londoner will produce as much sweat in a lifetime to fill the River Thames 17 times. Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. And we'll be back next week with show 23 featuring an angry Glaswegian with a massive list. Goodbye! A Big Things Media
0: Production (laughs) Big Things! Conquer Life's Mountains with the Mitsubishi ASX powering Ian Collins wants a word And
1: there you go. And in the words of Boutros Boutros Ghali, thank you for listening to our podcast.